Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4Patriots.com slash Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4Patriots.com slash Lisa. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Special counsel John Durham has finally released his report. It's 306 pages investigating the FBI's investigation into former President Trump. So what's in it? What do you need to know? And what was the impact on the country? This phony Russia hoax. The report even has people who push the hoax saying this. Listen. Regardless, the report is now here. It has dropped. And it might not have produced everything of what some Republicans hoped for. It is regardless devastating to the FBI and to a degree it does exonerate Donald Trump. That's CNN's Jake Tapper finally admitting that what he pushed for so long was a lie. We'll talk to Sean Davis. He's the CEO and co-founder of The Federalist. He's been following this story from day one, has been dogged in his investigation into it and trying to bring truth to light. He joins us next. Well, Sean Davis, it's awesome to have you on the show. I got to meet you for the first time recently at the Heritage event, although I felt like we kind of were already friends. So. I agree. That, that was fun. That, that Heritage event was so cool. And this was the one where Tucker just gave this amazing speech. And I don't think any of us knew when we heard that speech how weighty and heavy and historic it would end up being because it was three days later that that he got axed. Um, but it was an amazing speech. It was a cool night. Oh, no, it was one of the best speeches I've ever heard from anyone, if I'm you know, being perfectly honest. He's a friend of mine, and I've always looked up to him. I don't know if I actually had ever seen him give a speech, though, in person before. So it was cool to see him be in his element and to deliver such an amazing speech. An important one, nonetheless. It's funny when you meet someone who you've already talked to so much, you know, because it's like you kind of already feel like you know the person. But that was the first time we met in person. That's right. Tucker bringing people together. I love it. You've been following the Russia hoax probably, you know, closer than maybe anyone in the media. And obviously with the Durham report, I, I wanted to just kind of hear from you and get your takeaways on it, your your insight into all of it. Was there anything that surprised you in the report, Sean? Oh, yeah. And in and, and full disclosure, I'm still working my way through it. I mean, it's like 300 pages and um, I, I want to get every last little bit out of it. So I'm not all the way through. Obviously, I've got all the top lines. I've read the exact summary and I 
and I lived the whole thing for six years reporting on it. I was I was surprised by how much detail Durham went into. I mean, it, it's an utterly devastating report to the FBI and its credibility. It leaves no doubt as to what these people were up to and what they were trying to accomplish. But there's stuff in there that just kind of blew my mind. There's stuff in there about how Carter Page, when he when Durham began looking into it, uh, believed that a lot of the FBI targeting a page may have been driven by vendettas against him uh, within the bureau, which kind of shocked me. Uh, the detail about the the information the FBI and CIA got about what Hillary was planning, you know, about how Hillary was planning, according to foreign intel sources that they had picked up, Hillary was planning to create a scandal about Trump being owned by the Russians. And, and wouldn't you know it, she had hatched this plan two days before the FBI opened the Crossfire Hurricane investigation. So, I mean, the, the whole thing is just loaded with stuff, loaded with detail. It, 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 a lot of people have been criticizing Durham. Well, why didn't he do this? Why didn't he do that? The report he puts together is stunning, and it is so well written. It's so well articulated and so well sourced. And the only way you can look at any of it and not be convinced by it is if you're determined to just ignore the facts and plow on with the fiction that Hillary lost, not because she was a terrible candidate, but because Vladimir Putin somehow uh, rigged it against her. It does sort of potentially paint a picture that Hillary Clinton was really the driver of this narrative. What do you make of that? She absolutely was. I mean, th this was a thing that was launched by Hillary Clinton in her campaign, funded by her campaign in the DNC in part. Uh, a, a perfect example is the Steele dossier, which I think everyone's familiar with now, this uh, collection of unsourced reports uh, or, or, or uncorroborated reports from a, a foreign intel uh, source named Christopher Steele who put together all these accusations, which had no basis about Trump being owned by the Russians. It was the Clinton campaign and the DNC who paid for that thing. Uh, the contractor they used, Fusion GPS, was at the same time working for a, a Russian oligarch who's banned entry into the U.S., as well as working for representatives uh, of a Russia and Putin-aligned energy company called Prevazon. And, and it's the projection from the Clinton campaign blows my mind because their whole thing was Trump's owned by Russians and it's the only reason he ended up winning. <clears throat> we know for a fact that that there was a campaign colluding with Russians and it was Hillary Clinton's campaign. A and the Durham report and the facts out there have them dead to rights and yet no one in corporate media seems to be interested in, in those uh, seemingly inconvenient facts to them. Because she tried blaming the Russians before the election and then after as well, because the, the report states that on July 26, 2016, Hillary Clinton approved a proposal from one of her foreign policy advisors to vilify Donald Trump by storing up a scandal, you know, claiming interference by the Russian security services. This was then passed on to, you know, then President Obama, you know, on the Clinton uh, plan, as well as Comey, F FBI, you know, Strzok and, you know, so on and so forth. And then in the book Shattered, it said that after the election, the Clinton campaign then sought to blame the Russians on her loss. So like preemptively trying to tie Trump to the Russians and then after her election loss, then trying to blame the election loss on the Russians. 
Right. It, it, it's really kind of shocking. And it's amazing to me how differently the FBI ended up handling the two things. So they had, now we know from the report, no evidence, no intelligence whatsoever uh, that Trump had been colluding with any Russian officials or anything like that. It, it says it in plain English in, in Durham's report. And that when the FBI opened this crossfire hurricane investigation against him, it, it had no reason to do so. It had no legal predicate, it had no intelligence predicate. But at the same time, they had solid, verifiable information about the Clinton campaign uh, doing shenanigans with, with foreign governments and foreign and uh, potentially foreign interests. Uh, we had all the issues with the Clinton Foundation, which uh, Hillary Clinton used while she was Secretary of State to go around and raise money uh, for the family and eventually her political career. And it just happened that the money that was coming in came from interests uh, that had business before the State Department, which she ran. The FBI wasn't interested in any of that. They didn't open an investigation into it. They didn't look into reports that maybe uh, foreign funders were funneling money into her campaign. They didn't do anything. They just ignored it, pretended it didn't exist. Uh, and then they fabricated out of whole cloth this idea that Trump was owned by the Russians. And, and so when you see those two different scenarios in such stark relief, it shows you exactly what the FBI was up to. They weren't trying to root out foreign interference. They were trying to prevent the Republican from defeating Hillary Clinton. And apparently when they opened the investigation it was obviously because of that conversation between the Australian diplomat and George Papadopoulos. But they never bothered to speak to the diplomat at the time or tried to collect actual intelligence looking into the conversation. So, you know, again, just another piece of evidence where they didn't need to do due diligence because it wasn't really about any sort of Russian interference. It, it was a political hit job from the beginning. Yeah, it was all pretextual. And, and I think even Alexander Downer, who is this Australian diplomat, Matt, whose um, conversation with Papadopoulos allegedly sparked the investigation, he even later said, yeah, I can't believe that was the basis of anything. You had people, I believe, at the, the embassy for the U.S. in London at the time through which that information came, expressing disbelief that somehow that was the basis. Uh, normally, when you're opening investigations of this severity and this magnitude, you have actual verifiable intelligence coming through formal channels. They call it five eyes uh, from, from the five different allied countries who share intel. There was never any of that. There was never any formal intel. There was just one little whispered conversation that that turned into a game of telephone in, in how it was interpreted. And then they magically used that as the pretext to go after Donald Trump. They, they didn't care about getting to the facts. All they cared about was getting Donald Trump, which, by the way, is why instead of defensively briefing him and his campaign saying, hey, we're worried the Russians might be trying to do this, this and that. You should be wary. They didn't defensively brief him. Instead, they sent in agents into his meetings to spy on him and report back. That, that shows you exactly what they were doing. They were trying to interfere in the election uh, for, for the betterment of their own political careers, not because they were worried about foreign interests swaying the results. Well, and what I always found really interesting is that, do you remember, you know, they weren't able, the media was not able to publish the dossier because they couldn't verify it. And it wasn't until the Trump Tower meeting between then President-elect Trump, after he was elected, obviously, 
and Comey when that briefing was leaked and then the media was able to publish the dossier because they got their hook. Yet the Steele dossier was used to obtain FISA warrant, right? So like the media couldn't run with it because they couldn't verify it, but it was good enough for or intel agencies to, to use to obtain a FISA warrant against an American citizen. Yeah, the whole thing is absurd. And, and, and there's such an interesting backstory about both that Comey and Trump meeting in January of, uh, of, of 2017 and the, uh, the FISA thing with the Steele dossier. So the game that the FBI was playing is it, it couldn't confirm anything in the dossier and it was never able to confirm or corroborate anything in it because the dossier was just a bunch of lies. So what they did is they would leak stuff from the dossier to friendly reporters. And in this particular case, Michael Isakoff at Yahoo News. And they would say, hey, there's these allegations and we want you to know that federal authorities are investigating these allegations. That's how serious they are. That, that's how concerned we are that they're real. So then Isakoff goes and writes a story saying feds have opened up an investigation on Trump based on these uh, claims and allegations that he's done this, this and that with the Russians. The FBI then took that article, which they were the source of. And used that in the FISA applications to spy on Carter Page is proof that the stuff in the Steele dossier that they put in there was true, which is just so corrupt, it blows my mind. And then we have Comey going in, I believe it was January 6th, does this briefing with Trump. The briefing ends up uh, being leaked. What we now know is that whole briefing uh, in, in which Comey briefed Trump, hey, we're hearing these rumors that uh, that Vladimir Putin has uh, compromise on you because there's weird videos of of you or, or prostitutes peeing on a bed that Obama slept in at the Ritz, uh, Carlton in Moscow. You know, I, I, James Comey, wanted you to know that. The reason James Comey did that meeting and did that briefing was so that he could leak it to CNN. The whole purpose of that was to talk about the thing and then leak it to CNN to say, hey, these things are so serious. The FBI director had to brief the incoming president on them. And then they were off to the races at that point. That was when the, the hoax hysteria just hit a fever pitch and they did it using CNN and Jake Tapper. So I, I call Jake Tapper the patient zero of the Russia hoax hysteria. The whole thing was an op. Nothing about it was done honestly. Nothing about it was done in good faith. It was all done to spin up investigations against Trump to cripple his presidency and to spin up all this uh, media agitation against him to turn people against him. I mean, it, it sort of just underscores that we're not really a constitutional republic when, you know, we have the FBI, we have the intel agencies uh, essentially working against the interests of the American people and, you know, trying to dictate the outcome of an election. It's like, what's the point of elections if our FBI is trying to already determine the outcome? You're exactly right. We, you know, we have a representative democracy, a constitutional republic, whatever you want to call it. We have it on paper. In practice, we don't have it at all. Uh, and, you know, for all the things we hear about how this country is interfering and that country's interfering, in my view, based on what we know it's done just in recent years, 
the FBI is a domestic terror organization, and it's the most dangerous domestic terror organization in the country because it uses these awesome powers that it has uh, to indict people, to throw them in prison, to spy on them, to leak against them. It uses those powers and it weaponizes them against the American people. And my colleagues and I at The Federalist said, as all of this was unfolding years ago, if people don't go to prison for this, the FBI is going to do it again and again. And what did they do in the 2020 election? What did the FBI and the CIA do uh, working hand in hand? They hid the news of the Hunter Biden laptop, which they knew was legitimate and authentic and belonged to Hunter. And they spread rumors and they got letters signed from a bunch of uh, bogus intel officials claiming that, you guessed it, the laptop was Russian disinformation. And based on those claims, those whispers from our intel community in the U.S., big tech and social media went and banned people who discussed the New York Post story uh, on the Hunter Biden laptop. So w- we warned for years, if, if nothing is done, if nobody's had, held accountable, they're going to do it again. And you know what? They went and did it again. And yet nobody has been held accountable. Nobody's gone to prison, which means they're going to do it again in 2024. We're going to take a quick commercial break. More with Sean Davis. Two thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. You could be one of them sitting in the dark and cold for hours, for days, maybe even weeks. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. Folks say this new solar generator from Four Patriots is worth its weight in gold. Why? Because this generator has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer or other devices like an electric blanket, microwave, RV air conditioner, or even an electric wheelchair. You also get 12 outlets, including four AC outlets so you can power more devices at once, and two USB-C outlets, which can charge your phone 20 times faster than a regular plug. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot power generators. Go to 4patriots.com Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4patriots.com slash Lisa. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong strong and getty show to start listening more than a movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast and this time with a lot more movies i'm your host alex fumero and each week i'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies from the godfather andy garcia he has the smarts of Vito, the temper of sunny the warmth of fredo and the coldness of michael to the og spy kid alexa penavega you had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to more than a movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I think what is concerning to me is the mindset of it, is that you have these people at the helm of these powerful agencies that have determined that they know better than us, that we don't get a say, that we aren't smart enough to determine our our own future, to vote for our own candidate, right? It's like this idea that somehow we are just underlings, that we are peasants, that we, you know, that, that the power is not vested in us anymore. I think you're right. And honestly, I think that's what they want people to feel. They want people demoralized. They want them feeling dejected and they want them to give up and no longer participate because they believe the entire thing is rigged. I mean, that that's a, it's a big part of the psychological conditioning aspect of what they're doing right now, which is completely totalitarian. There's nothing uh, you know, small d democratic or small l liberal about what's happening here. It, it, it's an assault on the American people. And we hear a lot in conservative media, uh, people deriding the left as hypocrites. They're being hypocrites. They say one thing and do the other thing. And I would say it, it's not hypocrisy, it's hierarchy. When this happens, when they get away with things that they would never let anyone on the right get away with and that they do it brazenly out in the open, they're communicating that we are a higher caste, we are a different class, and we have rights that you don't have. And you little peasants just need to go and take your porridge and your gruel and shuffle on back to the hovels where we'd let you live and let the adults and all the brilliant technocrats, the noblesse oblige, let us take care of you because you're too stupid to run your own lives. How long do you think this has been going on for? I mean, do you think this is specific to Trump or do you think Trump was just, you know, kind of bold enough and disruptive enough to call it out? Do you think they've done this to previous Republican candidates? Like, you know, what are your thoughts on all that? Oh, I think they've been doing it for a long time. Just look at the FBI as one example. This is a a building that's headquartered, uh, an, an agency that's headquartered in a building named after Hoover, J. Edgar Hoover. A guy who uh, dug up dirt and kept files on members of Congress so he could blackmail them and get what he wanted. So, so this was an agency that was conceived in shenanigans. There are a lot of people who who kind of comfort themselves by saying, oh, the whole agency is good. This is a new thing. It's just a couple of bad apples. No, it's not. I mean, the FBI tried to get Martin Luther King Jr. to kill himself. They, they ran an op against Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, we don't need to go down the whole rabbit hole uh, of the JFK and RFK uh, assassinations. There's a lot of people who believe, uh, not without reason, uh, that those stories that, that were told to us about how those happened were not exactly true. So I, I unfortunately think our so-called intel community, the deep state, whatever you want to call it, uh, I think they've been doing domestically Uh, a lot of the same shenanigans that they've done overseas and in other countries, uh, trying to mess with elections, trying to control elected leaders. I don't think a lot of these people uh, care at all about the rule of law or about what rights we have. I think they just want to be in charge and, and determine the future. And they're not particularly interested in us lowly voters getting a say in what they're allowed to do and not do. I, mean, I remember Ron Paul sort of, you know, famously said about the FBI, and I believe it was 1988. It almost looks like the FBI was designed to spy at Americans who disagreed with policy, especially foreign policy. So, you know, nailed it then and, and has continued to nail a lot of this stuff. I mean, in a sad way, it, it almost just kind of makes you think, have we ever really been free? Is it sort of all been an illusion if all of these things have been happening behind the scenes for so long? I think the Internet, in a lot of ways, completely blew up the the old model that they used to control things. You know, it used to be we would just have a couple channels 
Uh, there were a couple newspapers. The Associated Press did everything. And it was very easy for the people in charge to craft the main narrative and control what people heard and didn't hear and what they read and didn't read. And then the Internet kind of like blew all that up. Suddenly, people were allowed to find information they weren't supposed to be finding. They were allowed to have conversations uh, that they shouldn't have been having. And it took it. It, it appears it took them about 20 years to figure out how to put the kibosh on that. And I think COVID was was such a good example. Uh, if you went out and you said uh, on the Internet, on YouTube or Twitter, hey, I don't think masks work. I'm not sure what the point of this is. You would get banned or throttled. If you went out and said, you know what, I don't I don't think this vaccine is actually preventing people from getting sick. And I really don't think it's preventing people who are sick from transmitting COVID to other people you would get banned. I mean, we had, uh, I, I can't, I've lost count of the number of left-wing entities that were going after us for just saying common sense things about COVID. COVID seems to have, um, whatever metaphor you want to use, open Pandora's box, it, it seemed to be the vehicle that I think uh, the regime had looked for for a long, long time about how to actually control the internet and, and prevent people from being able to say whatever they wanted to say, regardless of whether it was true or false. And then we saw this new information control regime that was spun up and weaponized during COVID really turned on us during the 2020 election, um, both before and after, before with the Hunter Biden laptop. And then after uh, with with the election results that a lot of people, again, without reason, uh, with good with good reason, excuse me, are skeptical of because there was there was so much weirdness. There are so many shenanigans. Uh, but I think it was the Internet that kind of really gave these people a shock. And it was this, these last couple of years where they've realized, you know what, we may actually be able to put this genie back in the bottle, toothpaste back in the tube, and prevent people from sharing all these facts we don't like. Well, and former President Obama recently touched on this in an interview with, I believe it was CBS News, talking about how he's concerned about the splintering of the media that, you know, we, because of the divided media, because of the things that you just mentioned, you know, the internet and all these different things, and he was talking about that's what troubles him, because when he grew up, there was only three TV stations. So essentially it was more under control, right? And so well, we know that's the desire of the left now is to, to try to shut down the ability to sort of speak out and to, you know, to offer the truth, right? Because I mean, as you pointed out, we saw what they tried doing COVID of just getting everyone to shut up who, you know, didn't want to line up and get the vaccine or who, who thought lockdowns were stupid because they were. The left seems anymore to be entirely about top-down control. Uh, f from every possible issue. Um, they're saying that once your kids get in into the government schools, you don't have rights anymore. They're in charge of your kids. Um, they don't really like that you're able to go live in the suburbs if you want to, uh, away from their you know, dystopian hellholes in the city where crime is rampant. So they're trying to shut that down. Um, they don't like you being able to say things on the internet that are inconvenient to them, uh, especially if those inconvenient things uh, are true. They don't like you having a car that runs on a portable uh, combustion, like oil or uh, gas or diesel, because you have freedom to go where you want. They can't control you, so they want to get rid of that. Um, they really don't want you to be able to exercise a Second Amendment right to defend yourselves. They look at everything and they see any sort of ability to choose what you want for your life and your family as a problem for them. Uh, and, and 
again, with COVID, they, they took that and they finally saw an opportunity. Hey, all this stuff that we failed to do with the global warming nonsense, you know, controlling every little aspect of your lives, we can actually do that with COVID. And to a large extent, uh, they succeeded, which, which I found uh, extremely scary. I, I was so disappointed in, in so many of our fellow countrymen who just kind of took it and said, yeah, you know, I, I shouldn't be able to go to work and my kids shouldn't be able to go to school. And, you know, if you think about it, maybe my elderly parents, they probably should die alone. And, you know, I really shouldn't be able to go to their funeral. People just sat and took it. I mean, it, it was an eye opening experience for me just seeing how willingly how willing people were to be told by uh, a totalitarian authoritarian government uh, we make these decisions for you now. You just sit in your home and wait for us to tell you what to do. Well, I lost a lot of respect for a lot of conservatives who I thought were anti-government or at least skeptical of government who, you know, jumped when the government told them to jump about the vaccine and, and everything else. I, I lost it, it sort of, I think, underscored that a, a lot of people who you previously thought were critical thinkers are actually not. Uh, and don't really believe a lot of the things that they say they do. To me, it sort of exposed a lot of people, in my my opinion. Do you think, Sean, is it possible to rein in the FBI or, or the deep state if we were to ever get a Republican president again? Is that possible? I think it's absolutely possible. Uh, I think just about anything is possible if, if you have the will and the courage to make it happen. So if we had a president who's dead set on doing it and we have a Republican Congress that's no longer afraid of its own shadow and afraid that the media might say uh, mean things about them, it can absolutely get done. It's not difficult to do. Uh, The only question is whether our political leaders have both the will and the courage to get it done. I mean, I think the biggest problem with a lot of Republicans is that too many people want a pat on the head, like too many people still want to be invited to the parties or, you know, be invited to the White House correspondence dinner or, you know, too too many people still want to fit in as opposed to just doing the right thing. Yeah, it's a huge problem. And it's an especially big problem in Washington. I I spoke to a a class of poli sci students at at a university a couple weeks ago. And shared with them, like if they want to be super successful and untouchable and, and nearly cancel proof, uh, I gave them my secret to to near total power. And it's not caring what people think about you. If you don't care what people think about you, you are untouchable in this environment. So much of what happens online and what happens in, in D.C. in the halls of power there and in the cocktail parties in the green rooms, there. There are these gaslighting psyops going on to make you afraid of what people will think of you if you say this or believe this or do that. If you no longer care what other people think, if you only care about what doing what is right, you only care about uh, trying to live your life in, a, in according with your religious beliefs uh, in ways that, that allow you to sleep at night. No one on the outside can touch you, and, and unfortunately, um, it's. It's an exceedingly rare quality in people in Washington because there's people in Washington who would crawl over their own mothers uh, to go get on TV and say something, uh, regardless of whether they believe it or not. But but I think that's the real problem we have in politics and in government today is we have people with no courage. We have people who just want to go along, get paid and be liked and have the media say nice things about them. And it's those people who are who are paving the road to hell in this country. Well, that's one thing you know I've always respected about Tucker, as you know, that he doesn't care about 
those things. And, you know, there's always the people in the media that, you know, I kind of look up to of people that aren't looking for a pat on the head. Uh, you know, they just say the right thing. But unfortunately, they're just not as an abundance these days. Quick break. More on the Durham report. Two thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. You could be one of them sitting in the dark and cold for hours, for days, maybe even weeks. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be. With the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X, folks say this new solar generator from Four Patriots is worth its weight in gold. Why? Because this generator has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer or other devices like an electric blanket, microwave, RV air conditioner, or even an electric wheelchair. You also get 12 outlets, including four AC outlets so you can power more devices at once and two USB-C outlets, which can charge your phone 20 times faster than a regular plug. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot power generators. Go to fourpatriots.com slash Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to fourpatriots.com slash Lisa. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong strong and getty show to start listening more than a movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast and this time with a lot more movies i'm your host alex fumero and each week i'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies from the godfather andy garcia he has the smarts of Vito, the temper of sunny the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I think the frustrating thing about all of this is that it just, it doesn't feel like, you know, it's like obviously the Durham report is important in the sense that it just solidifies a lot of the things that you've been reporting that so many people have been reporting and, you know, talking about, but it just, just feels like there's never going to be any punishment. The scales are so always so unequal and, and even just pointing out the fact that they didn't follow leads on Clinton and ignored those while following very unsubstantiated and, you know, almost previous, you know, already debunked leads on Donald Trump, but it was just done for political reasons. But it, it just feels like there's never going to be that we're never going to be able to write those scales. Yeah, it is frustrating. And, and I'll tell you that the thing that prevents me from getting discouraged, because it can be so discouraged if if you're looking at everything through a political lens. So what what I find comfort in and, and what prevents me from getting frustrated personally is, is my faith. Uh, I'm, I'm a Christian. Um, it, it is essential to who I am, to my identity. And I know that at the end, there's going to be justice, that, that in the end, uh, sin is going to be paid for. 
And uh, luckily, uh, for my sake, through through God's grace, I know I'm saved. I'm a sinful person, just like everyone else. But I know that in the end, the good guys are winning. And and that sin is going to be punished and, and dealt with, and that the the good guys are going to be justified in the end. I, I got to say, if I'm going through life without any sort of uh, anchor like that, man, it's got to be depressing be, because there's just going to be there's going to be no kind of justice on on this earth that that quenches the desire uh, that we all have within us to see. Uh, right glorified and to see wrong punished. So I would just say for for those who are frustrated and angry and depressed, take a wider view, take a more eternal view of things, and it, it will radically change your perspective and your state of mind. Although I think a lot of people listening to that would say, Sean, I agree with you. That is a great message, but it would also be nice to see some justice while we're still here on Earth. So, you know, it'd be nice to also uh, see some punishment and some fixing of the wrongs while while we're still here, you know? Oh, I I, com- I completely agree with that. I, I, won't, I won't argue with that at all. You're definitely right. Uh, what do you think uh, the next Republican president, if we can get one into office, you know, should do about the deep state? I think it needs to be ripped up root and branch. It needs to be leveled, destroyed. The buildings and these monuments they've built to themselves need to be raised. The foundations need to be torn up. And then the the earth behind them needs to be salted uh, as an example to everyone who sees them in the future about what happens when unaccountable government agencies take control of a country. Uh, I, I think the FBI needs to be defunded and eliminated. I think the CIA probably needs to be defunded and eliminated. And I think all these things need to be uh, rebuilt up from scratch with the knowledge that if they are not uh, put heavily under the thumb of Congress, uh, they're going to do the same things that they've done over and over again. Uh, but but I, I think it's like weeds in a garden. That There's no weed that can take over a garden uh, and crush it forever. Uh, what's required there is people just no longer tending it, uh, letting it run wild. It's time to go in and rip out all the weeds and put in some nice grass and start using weed killer and, and keep these agencies from just destroying uh, the country that we all love. It's also just hilarious that uh, media organizations receive Pulitzer Awards for reporting on something that has always been false and there was never any truth to from the beginning, like the New York Times or the Washington Post. Well, it tells you what what the purpose of those awards uh, is, and it's not to reward quality, fact-based, accurate journalism. Those awards were given uh, as congratulations for weaponizing the news industry against its political enemies. So it would not surprise me in the least if rather than rescinding those awards that they gave for bogus Russiagate reporting, that they actually give them even more rewards uh, for nonsense stories they run against Republicans or Trump or DeSantis or whoever. Like They're clearly not cowed by having given out uh, prizes and awards for stuff we all know were false because getting it right was never the point. Getting their enemies was the point. I mean, there used to be, I think, more of a cover and, you know, all this stuff's been going on, but they at least try to hide it. Now it's just blatantly out in the open and they don't even care because they know there's no retribution. To your point, the media is going to continue winning awards for garbage, the deep state, the FBI. They're going to keep punishing their enemies because they can. So it's all out in the open now because there's no punishment for their actions. Uh, you know, Sean, is there anything we've missed in this conversation that you think it's important to, to get across to the audience? I think it's important. You know, it's been kind of a downer of a conversation. We talk about all these facts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah sorry, <but> buddy. <laughs> look, it, it is a totally different environment now. 
uh, 10, 15, 20 years ago, this stuff never would have come out. And the fact that we are able to dig into it when it was just a handful of us from the very beginning, you know, I can count on one hand the number of people who were digging into the Russia collusion nonsense back in 2016 and 2017. We stuck with it. Uh, we stuck to our guns. We got the facts out. We now have a massive report for all of posterity to prove that we are right. And we can go out there now and talk about it. I think that's pretty amazing. That That's kind of a, a, a massive paradigm shift in the media. And I think it, it's nice, even if while we're disappointed uh, that there hasn't been justice yet, that we are able to work together and get these facts out because this isn't something that was possible uh, 20 or 25 years ago. It, this is a pretty cool thing that we accomplished in this. No, it's a great point. I mean, I remember being on TV when Trump accused the Obama administration of spying on him, which obviously, you know, they did. <laughs> And everyone was like, no way, this is crazy. And I'm like, well, you know, they spied on the Senate Intelligence Committee. They spied on reporters. Like, is it really out of the realm of possibility knowing everything that, you know, we already know about the Obama administration? But, uh, you know, I, I guess now what you've reported and what you've been saying uh, has been corroborated and has always been truthful. So we appreciate you, Sean Davis. You do you guys do amazing work at The Federalist. So just appreciate you. Appreciate you being dogged and reporting on all this and, and going after all of it and bringing truth to light. Well, thank you so much for having me on. This was a pleasure and we should do it again. That was Sean Davis, the CEO and co-founder of The Federalist. Appreciate him taking the time to join the show. Appreciate you guys at home for listening every Monday and Thursday. But of course, you can listen to it whenever the heck you want because it's a podcast. Feel free to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Love reading those and, and ratings as well. I want to thank John Cassio, my producer, for putting the show together. Until next time. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be. With the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X, this new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4 slash Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4 slash Lisa. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.